All right, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Bean Talking Podcast. I'm Tim Beanland, and on this one, we've been talking to Alan Borges. He's had a 20-year career in the hospitality industry, working his way up from the bottom to state operations manager levels. He's also the founder of Alan Borges, where he coaches restaurant owners how to manage their time, manage their team, manage their schedule, and actually get things done effectively. So if you're in the hospitality industry, you're really going to love this one. But he also has some other nuggets to share. So let's go. Alan, thank you. Good to be here, mate. Sixth guest on the show. Six. Sexy six. Sexy six. (laughs) Six six was my basketball number. Oh, was it? Yeah. Mine was ten. Ten. It was ten. (laughs) Um, you are probably the most organized person that I know, um, <laughs> most routine following guy, um, and a genius with hospitality. That's sort of my, my sum up of you, but for people who don't Thank you. know who you are, um, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. So, been in hospitality all my life, um, started from 16, I'm 34 now, mm-hmm. um, very, have introverted tendencies, which is quite odd to be yeah, in hospitality. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, it's funny, I now say introverted tendencies, tendencies, so not to label myself as an introvert. Yeah. Uh, I got that from someone was great. But yeah, it's, I still to this day find it awkward to network okay. or you know, go to an interview or somewhere. Not unless if I'm comfortable with the person, like here, yeah. it's, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, so I've always had that, but I guess being thrown literally into the deep end in hospitality, serving customers and meeting new people. I just never really was, never felt good about it. Mm-hmm. And that might be because I'm an only child as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I've always been a loner. Yeah. Uh, in school, though, I had friends. Yeah. As normal. But um, yeah, hospitality, love it, stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, done the, the fast food stuff. Yeah. Now it's in the fast casual. Uh, really love, I stopped caring about the customers. Okay. In put the care onto the team. Yeah. And that's what really transitioned to me to where I am now, mm-hmm. um, helping uh, restaurant owners with their team and their leadership. So yeah, it's a bit dangerous when you don't care about the customers yeah, and your yeah, restaurant yeah. manager. Yeah. So yeah, that's... Um, so so what happens, because I, I see a lot, I, I, I used to have some friends work in hospitality and literally they'd sit down with me and have 10 things to complain about, about the customers or the people or yeah is it just something that eats at you every single day when you get a, a bad person or what's that mind frame do you think uh, I think over time I know over time you you don't let customer complaints get to you just let them fly up ahead yeah uh, my challenge is how to pass that on to the leaders, the leaders so it doesn't get to them because they take it very seriously into heart because the complaints most likely coming to them yeah correct and they take it very like i've got this one manager she takes it very very personally it's very reactive yeah um so she gets a a customer complaint and tends to sort of defend her team or her business which is great Mm. but you got to learn how to control that and it's a part of it's a part of hospitality you Mm. need to embrace it and learn how to manage it yeah. and move on to the next thing yeah well then I guess it goes on to the broader topic of conflict resolution <laughs> yeah and conflict management and do, do you have much experience in it because you you almost don't want to be defensive and I was talking to one of my old bosses about this and 
one of the keys I think is controlling your your emotional response to, yeah. to somebody. But yeah, how would when you're advising a team on how do I conflict resolute? Yeah, what's your, your that's thing? a struggle that us we still find to this day. It's we don't like the awkward conversations or we don't like the confrontation. Full stop. Business owners, doesn't matter if you're 20 years old or if you're 60 years old, I know that they don't like the confrontation. But you need to overcome that. Like you need to be the leader in that aspect to lead the conversation in a in a better way. And Mm. people are afraid because they've never done it before. Just like anything, just repetition. Mm. I've done many mistakes. Damn, I shouldn't have said that. I'll know for next time. Yeah, everyone's walked away from an argument, going. Oh, I wish I said that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should have said, said that. Correct, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so my, um, for customer complaints, it's quite e- easier to manage customer complaints. It's the uh, underperforming team member okay. uh, and the challenge for a leader in a restaurant mm. to how do they confront that? How do they performance manage somebody? So yeah. what I mean performance manage is how do I improve this individual yeah. rather than just, oh, let's get rid of him or yeah. her and terminate him. It's, there's a process yeah. that we've got to follow, but we don't like to go down that road because mm. we know it's, it doesn't feel good. No. And we often, the most powerful thing is you tend to, um, how do I say, the most powerful thing is people want to avoid pain mm. rather than go to something that they love. Yeah, so the strongest thing is avoiding pain. So avoiding discomfort is happens every day in a restaurant yeah. and we avoid conversations and we, we just can't do that. We can't and, and it's, it's something we've put, put, um, learnt from a, a teacher, Ralph Kerwin, um, we mentioned a yeah. teacher, and he, he said, be brutally honest. Be yeah. brutally honest in, in every situation and if you can be honest and find a way to say it tactfully, yeah. I think that would help a lot of restaurant owners and restaurant leaders too. Yeah, it's... So be brutal, brutally honest, yeah, but sometimes you need to be direct with somebody. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be lighthearted with somebody. And that just comes down to you need to know your team. Yeah. You need to care about them. You just need to get to know them personally. Mm-hmm. No more is this you leave your personal business out the door. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's yeah, bullcrap. It's, it's, uh, it still happens to this day because mm-hmm. it's been passed on to generation generation. So yeah. I still get young guys doing that, but... You need to know, you need to get into people's lives. Mm. You need to know. So, um, Johnny, I know you rocked up late today. It's been the last four weeks. Yeah, I'm terminating you. No, well, hey, why? And there could be problems at home, mm. uh, financially, domestic violence. I've violence. had it all and heard yeah. it all. You just never know. So, yeah. you got to know. And sometimes they say, no, everything's fine. But you know instinctively that yeah. there's something wrong. Therefore, we need to dig a little bit yeah push a little bit more and that's there where we don't find ourselves comfortable in doing that as leaders yeah well, well let's go there because you, you touched on it a little bit and you've almost heard everything and um cause hospitality draws a younger kind of workforce yeah you would see struggles with mental health and, and violence yeah and kind of thing. And I'm, I'm quite open with with my journey there's videos out there and on, online in terms of what i'm struggling with myself and um mm. But but what have you seen in the workplace and then how do you have a conversation around mental health with, with someone? Is it a matter of taking them aside and going, Hey, you you have rocked up like, you know, are you are you okay? Like is it- Yeah, it's it's our first instinct is just to jump to they're a bad employee, they don't work as hard. We've gotta yeah, take that time 
to sit and have a conversation. The amount of uh, one-on-ones that I have and sit-downs, people think, geez, how long you do is just sit and have meetings. It's not just about having meetings. It's really getting to know what is causing this problem. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've had it all. I've had, I've had a girl saying to me that she got um, sexually abused by her partner, mm. um, which led to other stuff in her performance in the work. And you've got to be able to listen to those things. So nothing, at least I don't, the last couple of years, nothing's really surprised me anymore. It yeah. used to surprise me, but now if you yeah. see it on TV, it's going to happen in your business. Just because it doesn't happen to you yet doesn't mean that it won't happen. Mm. And we've just got to be emotionally uh, prepared. Mm. How do you prepare yourself? Well, yeah. it's just not about reacting. And you'll never... And I guess why we shy away from that as leaders is because, one, we don't deal with that as often. Mm. And two is just we feel that we're going to um, make them feel bad or make them cry or make them get angry but they're the sort of things that we need to understand and allow to happen mm. uh, so we can move on to the next thing to help improve that. Yeah. Uh, but that, or in order to get to that level of, um, com, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, F- familiar rap- rapport with an individual to allow them to be open to you, you've got to start that from day one yeah. um, and be open and honest. And if you stuff up, like own it mm. and all this sort of stuff that you need to do as a leader yeah. to when that comes to the difficult conversation which will inevitably happen that they'll be prepared to open up to you mm. so if I'm a leader and one of my <coughs> which you are a leader thank you <laughs> I am a leader and one of my, my talent members comes to me and they say um, look I've been dealing with anxiety I've been dealing with depression and me as a leader I don't necessarily have the skills to deal with that how do I deal with that, that conversation do you there's a great video that I saw. It's um, uh, a boy and a girl, um, mid-30s. They're sitting in a, in a couch like this. Um, the, the girl has a, a nail in her head like this. Yeah. It's like, literally, it's a nail. And it's been digging. And she's saying to her partner, oh, I feel, I've got this burning sensation in my head. It's really, really hurting. It's frustrating. And the guy wants to say, well, you've got a freaking nail in your head. But she... He's just trying to solve the problem mm. and she's just trying to let him know the pain that she has. It's funny because there's a nail in the head, but the point to that is that sometimes we just need to be there to listen. They need to be able to vent. Mm. I literally today had a, a conversation with a franchise partner, angry, frustrated, furious. So I'm just sort of like absorbing this uh, like one of the X-Men just absorbs the power <laughs> and, and then they're done and yeah. then they're done and then so sometimes it's just a listening you don't yeah. have to I don't have to be um, a and you know a domestic violence expert to be able to deal with that nor do I have the, the skills to do it but mm. one is just to be emotionally available for to let them to offload yeah find out why, what's happening, dig, how are they taking care of themselves. Mm. And in your mind, you're sort of starting to thinking, like, how can you possibly help? Yeah. Uh, but the main thing is just really be present, as cliche as it sounds, but you need to listen. Um, if you don't know, you don't always have the answers. Mm. It's about, okay, where can we, where do you want, where can we, yeah, how can we move yeah. on? Maybe, and then as an owner, or as a leader, you should be seeking support yeah. from somebody else. Yeah. But who just having, call, a, you know, who can, who can, um, 
you know, professional advice that you can point them to. Correct, correct. Sometimes they may say, I don't want any help. Mm. Okay. But it's still up to us out of duty of care to see, okay, they said that they want to really help, but my feeling is something worse could possibly happen. Therefore, I will still seek support elsewhere. You know, it's just like I teach this with our, we had a food safety uh, training that I delivered and I said, what happens if a customer has an allergic reaction to one of our, to our food and they just hop on, almost knee dead on the floor and they say, don't call me an ambulance. Like, I don't want an ambulance. Like, that is the only time that you'd say, ignore a customer yeah. right? and you just call, <laughs> call them yeah. because they don't, they don't have insurance or they don't want to pay the money. But it's our duty of care to save somebody that could mm. potentially die. Yeah. Same thing mm. with, um, with yeah. people who have any sort of concerns. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. So you do a lot of work with teams, obviously, and, and teams with your speciality and high-performing teams and teams that perform at a higher level. Um, very broad question, but in, in your best way, how would you describe a well-functioning oil machine? Is it a good team? What would you... Yeah. Vulnerability, transparency between them, um, communication. Yeah. Far out, communication needs to happen. Um, but the transparency is very important because whether you're a leader or you're the just started, if if the more open and honest we are with what we've done, what we haven't done, um, that allows people to be open and go, okay, you know, Johnny's being. I use Johnny a lot. Johnny's being uh, sincere. He's stuffed up. He put his hand up. I couldn't care if somebody stuffed up 15 times as long as they're honest about it. Mm. Although I hopefully wouldn't let it go to 15 times. (laughs) But um, still. Yeah, yeah, so transparency, honesty within the group. Communication is very important. Uh, Sounds basic, but communication as in everyone has their expected roles to do. We may know that as leaders, what we expect of them, but have we communicated effectively to them mm. so they know how it is? It's just yeah. like when you go to a movie with a bunch of mates. You both, four of you will go to the movie, three of you love the movie and the other one hates it. Well, why? You just watch the same movie. Mm. Uh, why does this person not like it? So every we need to be aware of that. And so we've told our group the same thing, but mm. somebody's falling behind. Mm. Maybe they learn differently. Maybe they just didn't get it. Um, and we should always be blaming ourselves first before we say that person doesn't get it or they're mm. a slow learner. Don't put your blueprint onto them. Yeah, we need to see, okay, he didn't get it. How? What other way can I communicate so they do get it? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, talking about communication then, because it is such a crucial element. Everyone knows communication is good. We need to communicate. It's this thing that's said, but what are the tools that you can actually use? Like, is it a matter of having a WhatsApp group in your team? Is it yeah. a matter of... I don't know. Um, yeah, what what is it that can make communication stand out? Because there are organisations that I've been a part of that, that have been great at it, uh-huh. and there are some that are just terrible. Um, so what are, what do you think the ones that have been great at it? Yeah. Why was why did it make it great? I think it was um, the delivery, the delivery of the message. Um, not was that verbal or verbal written or verbal is is that? But then also uh-huh. a follow up email. Yeah. So it's like this is what we just discussed. Yeah. Um, has been has been really good. That's good. Um, and yeah, that's that's sort of two things that have stood out for me. But yeah. Yeah. So when we when you're dealing with a group, I mean, they got to know why they're there. Like, just we all know about the why, 
but do they know about it? Because if they're coming to work every day and they're not really knowing where, why they're there, what we're trying to achieve, that makes it hard. So we really should communicate that <clears throat> from day one. And what I've noticed from a lot of brands and restaurants is we haven't communicated that at the very beginning. Mm. So hence we're missing the expectation. Hence when we say, yeah. put this over here, and we get frustrated the hell out of ourselves why because we it, don't. Yeah. And don't know why are they get so frustrated about it? Because we haven't set them the expectation. Yeah. So, yeah, communication uh, is expectation. Okay. So having very clear expectation. Like you said with that follow-up, exactly right. Ask them. It's just simple asking the question. Does that make sense? Mm. Ten of them will say yes, but one of them will say yes, but yeah. they really don't know. Mm. Mm. So therefore, it is up to us to follow up and close the loop and see, okay, they all said yes, let's review them to do what we've asked them to do and see if they've actually gotten it by reviewing. Mm -hmm. So if we can't measure something as well, it makes it difficult. Yeah. But uh, yeah, asking the questions because sometimes, no, nah, sorry, don't get it. Yeah. Can you please uh, tell me? Tell me. And that's what, that's what we want. Yeah. Well, there's also that one that goes in, <clears throat> in silence because of the group. You know, they just say yes, but then it's really, as you just said, they, they really don't understand. Yeah, it, I've so. done that myself. Yeah, because well, I, I feel, human nature. I feel like, oh, geez, I don't want to be the stupid one. Yeah, um, the stupid one ends up being the smart one. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I'll just say, yeah, I get it, but then I don't, and then I just go on my very way. It's still our responsibility as leaders to follow up, like I said, close the loop and say, mm. okay, they all said they got it, great. How can I make sure they actually did get it? Yeah. And not just come back a month time and go, why didn't they do this? I specifically told them. Mm. Well, I didn't do my part in following yeah. up. And build the expectation in the start. Yeah, mm. yeah, correct. That was very cool. Um, you, I, I would love to understand why why hospitality? Because it's, it is, it is an industry that <laughs> there's not a lot of margins in it. It's, it's high stress, it's uh, people every day. And yeah. why did you, yeah, why did you stick at it? Why did you choose it? I think it was... So you either love it or you hate it. Um, I I don't like the operational things anymore as much as what I used to. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've just been doing for yeah, so many years, yeah. which is why it's led me to the people side. Yeah. So maybe it's it's the first, my literally my first job yeah. when I started. I tried retail for two weeks. <laughs> Just I felt extremely tired mm. mentally in those two weeks, so I literally quit, and moved on to went back to hospitality because um, it was my comfort zone. Yeah, but I've just you learn so much from hospitality that mm. you can implement it in any other business. I really, really believe it, specifically the people side because mm. everybody has somebody that they don't like yep. but how do they deal with that yep. whether a leader or just a especially when you're dealing with teams of 40 people there's yeah. going to be there's going to be people that don't get along don't get along people that dated before and yep. now, now they're working the same job and yeah and you, need, you need to know that yeah. and you need to be able to handle complaints or through uh, food being thrown at you like how, how could I avoid that food being thrown uh, at you yeah like people getting food thrown at fights I've had to stop fights in restaurants before wow but think about okay how do I stop a fight should yeah. I get in a fight I had a customer uh, when I used to work in a fast food place in Brisbane three story um, set up restaurant and a customer was sliding down the railing and they fell two stories bang oh. so I had to go there and quickly deliver first aid um, so wow. I mean for, not physically forget the first aid part but it's 
how you react to that, yeah. how you mentally prepare for that. Do you just go and just freeze and just don't know what to do? Or do you help, help. and um, try to be the hero and get ego involved? Yeah. Or do you control yourself and handle the situation? So it's a lot of its mindset, as, mm-hmm. we, as we hear often, but it's true. It's just, I'm starting now to realize you can, I always say to Angela, my partner, I'd love to get my kids to put them put them in hospitality yep. like straight up yep. you learn sales yep. you learn marketing you learn HR yep. uh, you learn operations you learn supply chains you learn cost of goods labor I mean that's what business. like every, it's business in general but you need to be re- organization discipline um, there's so much so much uh, to learn yeah. yes it's it can be stressful how to manage stress yeah. like there's nothing but benefits for mm. it in my opinion yeah. but like working on it unless somebody is there yeah. to support you and guide you through the, and see you the benefits yeah. it's um, yeah you don't often see that oh no this is shit I'm sick of it stressed out blah blah, and blah. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you need to have that person there to support yeah. to support you Definitely. so yeah, yeah that's why cool cool, cool. That's, that's amazing and, and the fact that you almost probably saved someone's life too that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's crazy. surprising yeah um, so I mentioned at the start you're someone with a very meticulous and thought out routine um, <laughs> I really want to delve into the psychology of that and um, understand so you're waking up at what is it 4 30 so I wake up at, I wake up at 3 25 a.m. and what yeah. started that uh, originally it was like four something yeah. and then we got back from holidays uh, overseas and there was a um, it was a bit, bit of jet lag and we got up early yeah. and we as in so my partner and I up at that time, yeah right? and so Angela and I we started so oh, let's go to the gym now and yeah and we've just kept that routine this literally started about six eight months ago yeah. but before we were getting out about four ish why so early because it's so much that you do and it's it's my time mm. the the world doesn't wake up until about seven ish mm. or eight ish in between that, I've, I've done going to the gym, I'm doing journaling now, do meditation, have two breakfasts, mm. work two hours on my business, and then it's nine o'clock. Mm. Um, and, you just, and it's uninterrupted time. It's just such a sacred, important time that we often say. And my massive thing, which I want to really combat Please. all over the world is, there's people that say there's not enough time. Yeah. I always call bullshit on that. Mm. Like there is so much time in the world. Yeah. You see so many business people who are successful running multiple business, granted with the right people, but mm. they use their time effectively without distraction. Um, and that's the other thing is just distraction in the morning. Okay. So my thing, if they can do it, well, why can't I? Yeah. So yeah, and I've just, uh, I think that was at an early age as well in terms of discipline. My parents were very um, teaching me systems and processes mm. and discipline yeah. or not unknowingly um, and work but getting the shitty work done first in the morning mm. and then enjoy the rest of the day yeah. that's why I said Alan if you do the work now if you go mow the lawn at like 7am we we'll have to do it and you <laughs> wake can, up you the can play, yeah, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> and you can play the rest of the day yeah. like, fair enough I hated it yeah. and, but to this day it's been the most phenomenal thing to mm. have learned, I think the same I will do with my kids is sh- show them discipline uh, because they'll benefit from it. Mm. And that in a restaurant, 
you need to be detailed, you need to have discipline, you need to have be well clean and everything and have systems and processes. So that all started from a young age. Mm. Um, you, yeah. you got a bit of advice in your 20s. Um, someone told you that you should run your life like you run your restaurant. Yeah, no, I, I started to. Oh, yeah, started, yeah, I, 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 I realized that because I wanted. I started doing a course. Sorry, I wanted to do a course and sort of put it out to people before I started doing this, yeah. which is helping people. And my pitch would be run your life like a restaurant. But I was like, well, people don't really know how you run a how restaurant. You run a if restaurant, you know, right? Yeah. But yeah, and I say run run it like a restaurant because it's. If you think so, the process of a restaurant quickly. You get in at a specific time. You know you've got some preparation to do. You know you've got people coming in at a certain time. Therefore, you have to have that stuff ready. Mm. Then you've got to open. Then you get to perform well. Then you, and there's systems and processes that happen throughout the day from saying hello to a customer and how you take an order. So many things. You've got deliveries. You've got suppliers. You've got branding. All this sort of stuff happening on in the restaurant. And then you've got to close down mm. uh, with a, in a system in a particular system. Yeah. And then you. And all during that time, you're interacting with people. Mm. So how do you putting that into your life? So I wake up at the same time every day, just like if I was to go to work every day. I go through my system every day and I get everything done in a meticulous manner. And I'm engaging people throughout my day mm. like I would in a business, i.e. giving value, supporting, giving feedback. Um, because outside of the business, people still want to know, hey, you... you I love that conversation that we had the other day because of X, Y, Z, or yeah. just a simple compliment yeah. um, is what we do in a restaurant. So yeah. we should in our lives. And the closing down of a restaurant is like I do now is I have a reverse alarm, which is mm. uh, 7, 7.30 p.m. I start getting, preparing myself to go to bed. So, yep. yeah, because I go to bed at 8. eight. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny? Back to 10 years old. Back to 10 years old. So the reverse alarm because it's, Start at 7.30, okay, start getting ready for bed, brush my teeth, do do whatever. Yeah. Eight o'clock, I'm in bed. Yeah. Systemize just like when you're shutting down a restaurant. Mm. So mainly because of the discipline required to run a restaurant and the systems, yeah. I believe that if somebody was to run their life like that, they'll get more stuff done yeah. in less time. It's not only more stuff done, it's also clarity of mind, do you think, as well? Yeah, because yeah. you know you, you know, know what to do you yeah. and the distractions mm. as well. Because I've had days, even today, um, and I'm in a, in a situation now where I do have a lot of time, mm. which means I went through a process of actually writing down what I want to do, but now I've lost track of it a little bit. Mm. And I can see that I have an off day where I'm like, uh, what do I do? My bones scattered. I got yeah, and then I start thinking of all the stuff that I have to do, and I go, oh, jeez, the you know stuff, with the podcast stuff with this. Yeah, I go, ah, there's a lot on my plate. <laughs> but you're saying if I was to schedule that yeah. and maybe do four things each day, then it wouldn't be as yeah, like, and that pressure, like that internal pressure of oh, I haven't put out a podcast in ten days. Like yeah. that, that kind of stuff would go. Hundred percent, you hit the nail on the head there because this is exactly what I go through. When any of our managers said they they don't have time to do something, and say so show me your to do list, and they pull out their diary, their phone, their paper, which has thirty things on there. When you start the day looking at your 30 things, you go, well, far out, how am I supposed to do this mm. and do service and deal with yeah. the spanner that gets thrown in every hospitality day? Mm. There is no way you do that. Then you feel shitty about it. Yeah. Then you sort of feel down on yourself and mm. then you feel overwhelmed and stress, anxiety, and that's why you don't like hospitality. Yeah. So there's a four-step process that we get our 
managers to go through. Um, one is they've got to do a brain dump. So it's that list that they've done. Get everything out of your mind. Put it onto paper. Everything you need to do, like you said, your podcasts, your washing, your going to church. <laughs> the reason this door's closed. <laughs> <laughs> anything you need to do. Okay. So if, this can be, and I encourage, so sticking with a restaurant, what's your, what's your to-do list? So they grab everything, they dump it on one sheet of paper. The next thing is they've got to delegate. So what are they going to, what can those tasks do because they can delegate because they mm-hmm. think they have to do it all. It's not true. They can delegate. So they put names beside every task. So they went from 30 to 10. So those 10 things, okay. Um, so brain dump, delegate and prioritize. So now they've got to prioritize those 10. Simple. One to 10, whatever's the most important thing, critical. Mm. Once they've done that and the most important part or the second most important part is they've got to schedule it. And I'm making them, I'm forcing them to put it onto uh, Gmail on yep. their calendar. Yep. Because I want to see it as well. Yep. That way they can see, okay, between 9 and 9.30, I'm going to do task one. Between 11 and 11.30, I'll do this task two. And then between 12 and 2, they're going to do service. Mm-hmm. And then, so out of that 10 things, they probably have to do three on that day. And then like, to your point... Well, the other stuff is not as important based on what they prioritize, so they can schedule it for the following day, for the following week, or maybe at the end of the month. Yeah, wow. So when you approach your day, you're, oh, I've got to get two things to do today. Yeah. Awesome. Because uh, right now, I'm looking after nine restaurants. Jeez. There is no way in hell, if I had a to-do list like this, I'll be able to know everything that I've got to do, the conversations that I've got to have, I would just, I'd, I'd go insane. Yeah, you would. Yeah. So I schedule it for the whole month, prioritizing what I need to do, it works. Mm. I'm not fully, I'm not stressed, I'm chilled. Yeah. And the managers get to see, actually, I've got a, I've got three hours space there and I'm not yeah. doing nothing because you schedule it. Yeah. Okay. But, so that's so a yeah, brain dump, uh, delegate, prioritize and schedule. And the most important thing, is you've got to do it. Do it. Um, do it because right now there's so many things coming at you, you get distracted mm. and we have got to protect our time I get passionate about this. Yeah, yeah we're going to protect no, our please. time, be, like it's protecting our like as if intruders are coming into our home, about to do whatever to our loved ones. <laughs> we want to just let it happen, right? No. We protect it. So therefore, we've got to set an expectation in our team and say, "Hey, between nine and ten, I'm doing these things. If it's an emergency, call me. If it's not an emergency, leave a message." I don't care who calls, what it is, leave a message. Mm. But we often have to define what an emergency is so that yeah. they know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, and then you say that to the team and then I won't distract you. And then you get focused 60 minutes. Yeah, wow. Okay, so protecting your time is critical using the calendar. Yeah. So, but one thing, so we've been doing that for the last couple of months. Now, they're at the stage that, okay, now I want you to involve your personal life. Mm. You know, what, I've got to schedule my personal life? I go, yeah, because... It's part of it. What... I want you work needs to come second in your personal life first. first. So what is the most important thing to you? I've got a I want to spend two hours watching Netflix. Great. Schedule it in two hours, you're doing Netflix. What else do you want to do? Go out with friends. Just do nothing for thirty minutes. Fine, schedule it. So once they schedule in their personal stuff, mm. then they've got to schedule their work stuff around that. So then they're going to have the yeah, work-life well, balance, yeah, um, which which you can. But it's if you don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. Mm. So I my calendar looks like a whole bunch of colors and stuff. It right. looks insane, right. but it tells me what I need to do when and where yeah. and how. 
And why? And that's just me doing it. If I want to change it, I can. You can. And that's amazing. I, I've done the same on my phone. Um, but it's just, it's just blurry, but I've scheduled everything in. And it was yep. actually really funny because um, for my partner, Lisa, she's, she's uh, overseas at the moment. And um, I'm looking at places for her. And she's mm-hmm. like, telling me, oh, okay, do this and this and this. And one fell through the cracks that I didn't put in my calendar. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I thought it was at five and, and I called her and she's like, no, 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 it was actually at okay. four. And I was like, oh, so that just shows you like that ability to, A, communicate. Like we, I, I didn't, I didn't double check oh, what was yeah. the time. And then also uh, I put it in my calendar wrong. Um, yeah. So that's where you can see a communication breakdown. But then all the other ones I've, I've hit because we made that mistake yep. and then I've gone, all right, tell me when they are mm-hmm. and I'm putting them in, in my calendar now. Yeah. So I guess that's that's also a lesson in how you can learn from your mistakes. Yeah, exactly right. And it's yeah. good because you can, you can see all that. And let's and sometimes shit happens. Yeah. So the task that you were supposed to do at three o'clock, you couldn't do. Mm. So all you need to do, which is why I want it online, so you can just drag it next hour, the next hour or the next day, the mm. next week, the next month, whatever. Yeah. So it's just simple. It's... Uh, one second thing yeah. about moving it so I'm really passionate about that because people say they don't have time mm. they just haven't made the time made the and time. if you don't schedule yeah. it you don't do it yeah uh, I've got friends that I've been trying to catch up with for months now um, again I've come back from a, from a mental health break and um, you know time off and it means that I've been able to now pick and choose who I want to spend my time with yeah that's good. Um, protecting your time so that's why I reach exactly out to right, yeah. Um and essentially there have been people that I've been trying to contact and they go oh I don't have time uh, do you? <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't want to make time is a thing I don't want to make time and, and that's the thing and it's nothing against them they're probably busy but yeah. but at the same time I know people that are working full time running side businesses um, being really successful and yet these people have still been able to schedule their time it's funny because they're the people that also lead their life to, to a calendar so yeah. they know when I call them up and I go hey CJ what are you doing and he goes oh man Tim I, I can't fit you in in a week's time but maybe you know yeah. next week like that's what we did yeah yeah exactly right you know it's if you if you run your calendar, it'll run your life mm. in the positive sense, not like horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's good. And I've noticed that for me, the reason why I started doing that is because I I I tend to forget a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, me too. I can't remember <laughs> that stuff. My partner Angela, she remembers dates, times, yeah. and things like this. And the ball. She's she's all over it. My mind doesn't function like that. Mm. I could have allowed it to make an excuse, but yeah. I've got to find a way to make it work. So. Mm. Yeah, and it's worked in hospitality phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. So you've been running your business now for for a while um, as a as a, as a thing you're doing, and yep. um, yeah, I just want to understand that as well as what's the biggest lesson you've learned via doing starting something yourself yep. as a as a project. So I started uh, three years ago. Yeah, it's as in from the working in a corporate, if you want to call it that, mm. um, to go. I want to do something more. Yeah. And there was a, the whole 12 months there was a journey for me because I've never done anything like go out on my own. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so there was a side hustle. I realized coaching was good. I loved it. Yeah. I did the whole self-learning and what am I good at? What do I love and why? And then I started, I was, okay, I like coaching people with their time. And, yeah. um, the, and now it's led me to, which is what I do now is help 
restaurant owners with their team and help mm. build trust and inevitably results yep. through their team. Uh, the thing that I've learned the most is that you need to think long term mm. always as in, hey, I, I fail. I haven't done what I expected to do in the last four or five years, but hey, I've still got another five years to, to get my butt into gear. Yeah. That's one thing. The second thing is the time aspect. If I work 40, 45 hours a week and I sleep seven or eight hours, eat all that, there's still plenty of time, mm. but where am I going to find that time to do what I need to do to get this business mm. to the next level? Yeah. There is a way. Yeah. And it's about making sacrifices yeah. rather than watching TV, which I always used to do, still love to do, watching yeah. movies every yeah. day. And I've got an Xbox here now. Well, you know, <laughs> Xbox even worse because I love yeah. it as well, but yeah. I just don't do that as much anymore. No. Uh, I know I have very few friends that I even go out and see. Yeah. Uh, the ones you do, you've got a close knit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's very very little. Mm. Uh, even sometimes I don't see them as much. Mm. But so the the planning is such a critical part mm. to give you clarity, direction. What's my next step? Every day that I don't, I'm not doing something. I'm not progressing mm. uh, towards that. Then I feel like I feel guilty. I think mm. it happens with most business owners uh, that I'm not doing something. The one day I have off is Sunday and I work uh, an hour and a half on the Saturday morning yeah. and then enjoy the rest of the, the Saturday yeah, and Sunday. Sunday. So, yeah, being conscious of your time mm. is, is, a, is a big thing that I've learned. Yeah. Um, and that patience yeah, thing. That. Yeah. And yeah. Patience is in the long term. Yeah. Not patience is in, oh, I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it later. As mm. in, let's be... Um, purposeful with our time to yeah. get to where we want to go yeah yeah i want to talk a little bit about persistence as well because you yeah. are persistence and consistency you are persistently and consistently on my social media feed <laughs> it's and, good <laughs> which is good and I, and I think that's um a part of me you know interacting with it as well and, yeah of course and um but, but it's obviously why when when i was going okay well who are the people that i want to talk to on podcasts okay alan alan's, alan's on there um, so yeah, because you are consistently putting out content, consistently generating things. How are you finding um, just keeping up with content generation as a as a whole? Uh, again, it's on my calendar. Yeah, there's no excuse. I've yep. said it there. Uh, creating, it's um, uh, as most if you know Gary Vee talks about mm. documenting. That yep. helps a lot. But the simplest thing for me is the day-to-day. Like yeah. today, I, t- I told you that we had a heated conversation with a franchise partner. Yeah. Boom, that's going to go on LinkedIn tonight and, yeah. and, and Facebook. Oh, there is, yeah, yeah, or what I should have done or what I'd or, or provide a great tip how mm. to do things. Mm. So it's just being conscious of the day-to-day and yeah. how can I use it. Yeah. I was planning and uh, batching my videos, okay. uh, which helps. Because I'm like, I might do eight or nine videos, which in are like night. in one, yeah, one. So that, that's what I did on my Saturdays. Yeah. And then I use that as a buffer. So if I, one, forget to do it, well, not forget, I just, something happened. Yeah. Uh, or just use some sort of an excuse, mm. uh, which which I do. I just, I just use that and publish that. So that helps. Um, but I don't do that anymore. Why? Uh, I just... My Saturday has changed a bit, yeah. but I like the the in and the now and when it's fresh mm. in my mind. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd just get the phone out and, yeah. and record. Yeah. Uh, I used to do a bit more editing, but now I don't. Now I'll just leave it raw and, yeah. and, and publish it. That's but yeah, it. it's it's the day-to-day stuff. Yeah, yeah, it helps a lot. Um, 
a video I've been meaning to make and something that I think you'll have a lot of experience in and in, in the back end of this where so companies in retail, hospitality or anywhere where there's an end product being bought um, and there's an interaction with a customer can spend millions and millions of dollars on advertising. Yeah. You, know, you see your KFCs, your Hungry Jacks, your, your, um, yeah, your Bonds, all those kind of people, billboards, TV ads that, that yeah. cost millions of dollars. All of that money can be destroyed by one disgruntled 16-year-old who doesn't provide an experience yep. in the retail environment. Mm -hmm. How important is that message to get across to, to a team where millions of dollars can be wasted, somebody has a bad experience at company XYZ mm. and then says, I'm never going there again because Sally didn't smile at the register. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's always going to happen. Yeah. It'll always happen, um, at least within hospitality. You can have a bunch of experienced people. They're, you're always going to upset somebody at some point. Mm. It's how you handle that particular uh, complaint. Mm. Uh, I remember where I was running a restaurant and um, they, a family came in. They've, they've just gone to a small wedding uh, and the bride and groom came to our restaurant. Wow. And it was raining outside. We had seating outside and inside. They Sorry, they made a booking about them. I said, yep, great. We stuffed up the booking. The restaurant was full. It was a Saturday uh, rainy day. And we didn't set out or reserve the tables for them. So we had to make them sit outside under umbrellas in the rain, oh. which was horrible. Oh, no. So, and it's for, for oh, after wedding, wedding, right? So it's a major stuff up. So they were obviously pissed off. So how do you deal with that? Um, yeah, we gave them every every second uh, menu item was free that they ordered. We gave them free um, sides, uh, free drinks, and we, which we don't normally do because this is a fast casual place, we dedicated uh, two people to just serve them, which we don't do because mm. um, it's, it's a takeaway place, which we never do. And we went across the road and we bought two, two I forgot what the um, bakery place was. It had made beautiful cakes and we brought two cakes, which was like 70 bucks each. Uh, and we brought to them, mm. we gave them service. So, and what was their reaction? So, that? it was great. They went on to social media the next day and said, we had a phenomenal time. They didn't even mention the stuff up. Wow. Um, wow. But that sort of story is just goes to show, even though we get something, we piss somebody off because we stuff up and we do. Yeah. Um, there's always an opportunity to turn around. There's another one that we just received today. There's, they say, all right, Alan, how do we deal with it? So I want them to come up with a, with a conclusion, but there's always a way that we can solve it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I say there's always a way that we can go above and beyond yeah. like we did there. So we didn't make any money from those 20 people that were there at our wedding. We lost. The back of it, well, yeah, and they'll come back. And the fact, again, they didn't make, make in, mention the, the stuff up but we put them outside in the rain mm -hmm. um, just goes to show that we changed it. Yeah. But there's always some people that you doesn't matter if you if we did all that yeah. they're just not happy they're and they just want to come so you can't change everybody's can't change mind it, yeah. but I know that in deep in my heart that I've done everything mm. and if they're just not happy with that then hey that's that's our stuff up yeah. originally which it was we tried to fix it, it didn't happen yeah. Um, well, yeah yeah well that brings me on onto this sort of last question I guess is empathy 
in running a business and in running anything yeah. and empathy and care almost the best marketing strategy ever is care yeah which, that, which is that so yeah tell me your, your thoughts on yeah it's uh, it's still missing in, in hospitality uh, really? not everywhere but um, it's coming out more and more but we need our younger leaders to be aware of it hey it is okay to care about this mm. it's, it is okay to like I say, getting to people's personal lives because we need to know what's going on in their lives. We need to be nosy um, so we can probably care and listen to, to them. Yeah. Um, and when we don't have the answer, we don't have to solve it, be open and honest. Yeah. Uh, but like I said to you before about the nail on the head thing, it's just about listening to people's concerns and being empathetic. And if you can help, great. If you can't, well, there's still another way that you can mm. possibly add value to them. People know when you care or if you don't care. Uh, but that's one thing that I'm constantly pushing in our restaurants is uh, about caring. I mean, you could, we could say, you've got to care more about that, that person, but it starts for us. Yeah. Um, and having those caring conversations and uh, the feedback and being honest when people aren't performing like they should. Mm. Uh, that's, again avoiding discomfort um, and that all comes part because you really care mm. uh, I forgot who, who said it but he says you, I think it's Simon Sinek he says when you have a, an employee who's not performing um, generally what happens is you might focus on them a little bit and then terminate their employment but if they were you've got to treat them like our own kids I mean if our own kid brought a C- minus in maths mm. you're not going to kick them out the door and say see you later you're not coming back right yeah. And that's always stuck with me, and that's how I, that's how I work within the restaurants. Is uh, you've got to care for your people like they're your own kids, because mm. it's our job to help them grow as an adult. Like you mm. said, they're young. Generally, they're young could be from sixteen to twenty-five. Doesn't matter. Some twenty-five-year-olds don't know how to mop a floor. Yeah, it's not their fault. You, got, you can't laugh at them, but it's our yeah. responsibility to help them learn how to mop yeah. a floor how to smile why they should smile yeah. it's our job to ensure that they're yeah. growing mate I'm I'm 24 and yeah I, I struggle with iron <laughs> and dishes so yeah I know what you mean well yeah and <laughs> I say to my, my, to my guys is never assume yeah like assumption is such a bad thing yeah. for a leader yeah uh, because we assume that people know things and we get frustrated oh, it's common knowledge common no. sense in my own opinion, it doesn't exist. No, it's not it common. doesn't exist. It's not fair to think that somebody knows how to uh, three times three and they have to use a calculator. Fine. As long as they get the end result, I don't care if they use a calculator. Mm. But we can't assume that they know something just because we do. Yeah, no. So you only know, as we said before, we only know what we know and we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> cool. Alan, awesome. Thank you for coming on. Um, just so, yeah, if, if any restaurant owners are out there or any anyone that wants help building their team or, or just wants to reach out to you because they've heard something here that, that they're like, oh, wow, that really touched me. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, how can we follow you? What, what, can, we, what can we reach yeah, out so, to? Yeah, uh, so uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook uh, is all Alan Borges, A to B, as in the letter A and the number two and the letter yeah, B. I like it. Um, yeah, getting your team from A to B is, yeah. is, is, is the thing. And it's a play on my name, Alan Borges. Alan Borges, yep. That's so, what Ben talking is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Love ben the talking. name clothes. Love yeah. it. So yeah, Alan Borges, A to B. Uh, you can see my day-to-day in action on Instagram. Yeah. And I love sharing tips on LinkedIn uh, as well and Facebook. Fantastic. So yeah. Cool.
Alan. Thank you very much, mate. Alan, I've been Tim, and uh, we've been talking. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, and there you have it, the sixth episode with Alan Borges. Hope you guys really got some value there. He's got some awesome tips when it comes to getting things done. Now, what I'd love for you to do is tell me what you think. Uh, get in contact with me on the social media, Instagram, Facebook, I'm over there. Also, email me, tim at beantalking.com.au. Apart from that, I hope you enjoyed this one, and I'll see you in episode seven. <laughs>